0: Hey everyone, my name is Aaron, and this is Super Pod Saga. Yeah, for any first-time listeners, this is the podcast where Aaron and Tommy discuss a different topic each episode, and we'll talk about it right down to the bone, and then we'll select the sweet video gaming marrow right out of those digital bones. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, TikTok, and Tumblr, just search for Super Pod Saga and you'll find all of our stuff available on our link tree as well. And unfortunately Tommy couldn't be here with us today, but we've got an awesome guest for you It's uh, it's Bill from the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. How how are you, Bill? What are you doing, man? Hey dude, I'm
1: doing all right. Uh thanks for having me again.
0: Yeah, yeah, you bet absolutely. What's uh yeah, go ahead and introduce your, your show and all that stuff and what uh whatever you guys are doing. Yes, yeah,
1: so um I'm one of the two hosts of the uh, Gaming and Collecting podcast. Uh, the Gaming and Collecting podcast is mostly a gaming and anime-based uh, nostalgia podcast. I host with my um, sister Alex. Uh, we kind of go over different topics from like our childhood, but also like some modern stuff. We kind of switch between gaming and anime-related topics. Um, it's been going pretty well so far.
0: Awesome! Yeah, and I saw um, in the one of the discords earlier that you're really liking Yu Yu Hakusho, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, that, that may or may not be a future topic <laughs> at some point.
0: <laughs> Who have they? I forget what it is that they get. Uh, the other two guys, but who's your your favorite of the main dudes so far? So far? Um,
1: so I'm probably so we, we have the full ca- uh, party now at this point. Um, the party. I, I guess that's one way to put it. Uh, I, I guess Yusuke, just from a character standpoint, just because we haven't really got enough yeah. like character development for Hie or uh, Kurama yet. Uh, but from, like, meme potential, uh, definitely... Ah, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, Kubara. Kubara. He, Kubara's the most entertaining, that's
0: for sure. <laughs> he, he's, like, the... He's the Joey Wheeler of that show, for sure. Yep. Voiced <laughs> by Vegeta. <laughs> he's fucking ridiculous. Shut up, you meshi Yeah. <laughs> that dude kills me, oh my god. He is, uh... He's totally a badass later on in the show.
1: See, I, I, I laugh because, like... I watch everything uh, dubbed. Uh, I've just always been a dub fan, and uh, watching that one—that is yeah. very clearly one of Funimation's earliest dubs, because like you can, you can <laughs> point out like all those voices like so easily. Like you hear Kuwabara, and you're like, "That's just Vegeta." He <laughs> um, <Yeah>. A <laughs> uh, is totally Android Seventeen. Uh, there's a few other ones. I think uh, Kurama is uh, t n like they're all like the, some of the early uh, funny cast.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't surprise. They're probably made about the same time as uh, as Dragon Ball Z and all that. It, that sounds right. I think right.
1: it was like dubbed around like 2002. I want to say. Oh, that's so hard which to is, believe.
0: It feels like just yesterday. Which is crazy because
1: the show's from like the mid 90s, but it didn't. Ugh, it didn't make its jump over here until the early 2000s. <laughs>
0: Well yeah, uh, well yeah. What's uh, you're our guest, so what's our what's our topic today? What are we talking about? Uh, we're
1: actually talking about the uh, the best RPG uh, battle well soundtracks, I should say, RPG soundtracks.
0: Yeah, those are probably some of my favorite tracks to listen to in my spare time. I have so many different little YouTube playlists of different like there's like a chill tunes mm-hmm. playlist and like ones that slap, and then there's one just for battle themes and stuff like that. So th- yeah, this was. This is an awesome one, I'm glad you picked that topic, hell yeah.
1: Well, I mean, when you're playing a game of mostly just flipping new menus, you got to have a kick-ass, like, background music <laughs> to keep you entertained.
0: That's true, and this, it was, I tried to limit myself to just maybe, like, four or five, which was surprisingly tough, because there's a lot that go unnecessarily hard. It's, uh, there's quite a few, especially from, like, recently, actually, that were super-duper good oh, yeah. as well.
1: And there's, like, s- certain oh, yeah. composers, too, that you, like, immediately, will, like, signal out to, because they just, like, have, like, a ch- great track record.
0: Oh, my God, yeah, what's... Uh, who's the guy that does Final Fantasy again? I always forget his name. It's, like, Nobuo... Uematsu. Yeah, there we go. You can always tell. The I don't think he's done a bad Final Fantasy yet, because, well, I guess I haven't ever listened to, like, 11 or 14, but everyone else has been Yeah. Good so far, but
1: I'm sure he'll be on this list at some point.
0: Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. And I, I also tried not to include Final Fantasy 9 on this cuz everybody knows if you watch if you watch our show, you know I love Final Fantasy 9. It's not on this episode, so you're welcome. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, you're our guest once more. So yeah, go ahead with your uh with your first one if you want. Well,
1: if we're gonna. Ironically, um, you, you just mentioned how you didn't want us to do 9, but um, I can't, like, do an RPG soundtrack episode and not talk about Final Fantasy VIII's soundtrack.
0: <laughs> that one is surprising. Yeah, that one's super good as well. I love the battle theme on that it's, one.
1: I, I've made this comment with a lot of people over the years, but to me, I think it's actually his finest work.
0: Yeah, and the, there's. I can't think of a bad track, honestly, because even just like some of the early ones in the game, like the one for Balum Garden in uh, the world, Blue map, Fields is
1: like probably one oof. of like the best overworld themes. That's
0: probably one of my favorite parts of any Final Fantasy game is the world map themes. Honestly, those are just all like seven, eight, and nine. I, I have stuck in my head forever, but those are absolutely some of the best. Well, it's best. funny with
1: Uematsu, because he uh, he composed every single track on Final Fantasy 1 through 9. And then Holy he shit. basically, like, hit his peak with 9. Because then 10, they brought in um, people to help him, just because, like, he did every single track in, like, all the PlayStation 1 games, so by the time they got to 2, it was like, really? the PS2 era, they were like, all right, he's going to need some help. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, And then after 10, I think he slowly kind of just faded away and like went off to do his own stuff
0: <laughs> but uh that makes sense because 10 definitely got super orchestral there in some parts minus the uh that one like Cookie Monster sounding song the what the hell like yeah I can't even begin to describe mm. the goofy one but see when I think t- when I think, I think 10 I always
1: a think uh, Otherworld was the freaking death metal song for no reason
0: yeah, that that's the that's the one. Yeah, that's the where it's like, all right, right, Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Ui, that was Uematsu too. He did write that one. Oh my god! I hope he did the vocals for that one too. He deserves a lot of credit for that one. Yeah.
1: Okay. He was he, that guy was a trendsetter too. Like he did things for soundtracks that like no other composer did at the time. Like to this day, I still do not know how he got that sound out of the Super Nintendo.
0: That's. Yeah, that's, that's a good one to bring up, too. The Super Nintendo, uh, I don't know how anybody got such great tunes out of it, cause it's all, like, well, I guess I don't know how, how music is made, but... Because yeah. that was
1: during the era of um, everything was made on sound cards. The Super Nintendo is an interesting one, because that era in particular was obviously Super Nintendo versus the Genesis, and both systems had very different ways of, like, producing sound. Like, the Genesis was more the traditional uh, sound card where, like, they manipulated sounds to, like, make different sounds. Uh, The Super Nintendo used, like, sampling, which was very different for the time. It was actually... The sound card of the Super Nintendo was made by Sony, of all things. That's so wild. Which is partially how they... Was, like, one of the first stepping stones to how the PlayStation ended up becoming a thing, but that's that's a story for another day.
0: (laughs) The Nintendo PlayStation.
1: Nintendo's biggest mistake they ever
0: made. Oh my god! Yeah, they they really paid for it with the, uh, with that generation with the PlayStation. My god, did that the Nintendo 64 get? It got it got Dikembe Mutembo'd for sure. No, yeah. no, no. And then the, no. then the, and then the uh,
1: GameCube got it even worse.
0: <laughs> oh, and that one's so sad. And by the way, I... I it's so it's so crazy that we both did a uh, I think in the same week we both did a GameCube episode that was pretty completely, funny. By ha- completely by completely <laughs> by
1: happenstance.
0: That GameCube just so great
1: though. It is it's it's hilarious that they, when you realize that that's technically a failed console.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it's so many awesome games on it too, and I uh, I I don't think yeah my list didn't have any GameCube games on it unfortunately because I. It got beaten out by quite a few other awesome yeah. games,
1: but unfortunately, RPGs were not the GameCube's biggest strong point. There was a few classics, but like compared to PS2, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just, it definitely got shut down. I that mean, yeah, that but. entire
1: generation could literally could literally be described as curb stop. PlayStation <laughs> Two did like decimated basically everything in that generation.
0: It it really did, and it, uh, we we, I don't know if you guys talked about this in your GameCube episode, but we talked about it in ours. But the PlayStation 2 could just do everything. It could do CDs. It could do DVDs. It it also had uh well no I guess it needed a no it had built-in LAN I believe mm-hmm. on the original model and it was it was everything all in one. It's crazy. Well, I
1: I had mentioned that like the majority of like, me and Alex actually lived in a big uh like Nintendo heavy area for what for whatever reason. We were like the one like family that had PlayStation stuff. Um, I we kind of joked that uh, during that era, the everyone had a PS2, but like you go to a, a friend's house and they have a PS2, and you'd be like, "Oh, you want to play some games?" And their response is, "Oh no, that's our DVD player."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we uh, when I first got my PS2, that was the first thing I did as well. I just played a, a DVD, and I I couldn't tell you what the hell movie. I think it was. It was some random one that we had because that was around the time DVDs were just hmm. getting to be popular. So it was some bullshit one. Like I think it was like called "The Ghost in the Darkness" and it was all about lions or something. I forget. I was little as hell, but it's great. It, I think. it was definitely <laughs> the
1: cheapest uh, cheapest DVD player at the time.
0: Hell yeah, it was, and I and I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite soundtracks ever, which. Was a game that was eventually ported to the, the PS2, so that segue almost made sense. But uh, Grandia Two is Grandia Two. It's so good.
1: I'm, I saw you posted that earlier in the server. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh my god! The tra-
1: so many good. <laughs> the tragic tracks. PS2 port because my god, it is rough.
0: Yeah, there was. I I haven't played the the PS2 version because I I only. I've only played the the HD remaster that they have on the Switch. That's actually based off the PS2 version. I, okay. I remember reading um, a couple places somewhere about how they fixed this like huge texture issue that the PS2 had. Where yeah. Like, the, it was like After Battles or The whatever. PS2 version was a
1: butchered port compared to the Dreamcast original. <laughs> which is always baffling to me because the Dreamcast was weaker than the PS2, but...
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, I mean... I still I kind of adore those the the graphics on Grandia two, I don't know what it Dream, is about it, but everything just looks so neat. Dreamcast
1: era three D was very fascinating. Like it, it wasn't the prettiest three D, but it had a distinct look to it that just kind of like it holds up to this day. Like there's a reason why people consider oh, yeah. the Dreamcast to be one of the greatest like failed consoles ever made.
0: It, yeah, it absolutely is, and uh, it, I don't know when the hell we'll ever get. Power Stone 1 or 2 on any other console ever. Other than
1: that one PSP nice. port years ago, yeah. Oh yeah,
0: that's right, yeah. forgot about that one. I always forget about that
1: one. Well, everyone forget, forgets about the PSP because everyone thinks, when they think PSP, they always think, oh yeah, that thing that played JRPGs.
0: <laughs> that thing that had really small DVDs that you can't really ever find anymore, that are hard to find. Yeah, <laughs> that's true but oh man yeah Grandia 2 had some really good tracks okay. so like uh, no matter where you go or what you're doing in that game ex- except for maybe like one town that has no background music to it every track is just it's so serene and uh, I should say for the towns and when you're just like exploring and stuff it's so serene and just ambient and it makes you feel like you're a part of that hold not a part you're in that town I don't know how to explain it but it's
1: good so the composer for Grandia 2 was uh um i apologize for these uh names cuz i'm probably going to butcher them but uh Nor- noriyuki Awadare or dar I- <laughs> your guess is as good as mine there that's all right. uh it looks like other works he's done cuz he actually he worked on like the lunar games it appears oh he did lunar eternal blue Whoa. that's where that that name nice. comes from for me um <laughs> and grandia of course and grandia 1 as well he had a pretty unique style, though. It's very... It could be very, like, atmospheric at times, but also very, like, kind of, like, poppy and, like, uh, upbeat.
0: Mm. Which really... F- oh, yeah, the... Which uh, really fit for the
1: time in a lot of
0: ways. Yeah, the... For sure, it had some of that, like, early 2000s attitude to it, especially, like, the battle theme where it just starts off kind of soft and easy, and then you hear that guitar, like, squeal there toward mm. the middle. Like, it definitely had that early 2000s Be- PS1 Dreamcast attitude that you'd see in like Sonic Adventure yeah. or something the
1: era of real of like when synths <laughs> were getting pushed away and like real instruments were finally starting to get brought in <laughs> it was a fun time for RPGs
0: that really was and if if, uh, if either yourself or anybody else is listening to this and you want to find some of the best tracks uh, probably the best one is it's called In Town Agil And there's also Dangerous Zone and Nightmare Village Milm. Because there's no official soundtrack for the damn thing, so I've just been stuck going on YouTube to find it, but... Yeah, those are the three best. Mm. Yeah,
1: Grandia 2. Dang, I really want to play that game again at some point. It's just there's so much RPG and I don't have time right now.
0: Oh my gosh, and I I love that uh, there's so much customization to it, because... uh, unlike other rpgs where your characters learn new skills or spells by leveling up or through like other like this like a sphere grid or whatever you just equip different books or no that's only spells i should say different books for like different element spells and stuff like that and
1: I, it's, yeah. I love the battle system too so like good. how it kind of like you, you kind of like would plan things ahead and then like you'd have to like kind of white like it was more strategic but also it was still turn-based and like simple
0: Hell yeah, that was and you, yeah, you could cancel enemies' turns or you could attack them and delay. That needs to be brought back. That was, well, I guess they have in other games, but yeah, those games were just so good, more so the second than the first, because sometimes the first is really, really janky mm-hmm. and like your characters will be stuck, like perpetually running into an enemy and they won't go around. But yeah. classic
1: two D two D era three <laughs> d <3D> games. <laughs> Um, so I guess oh, moving man. on to uh, my next one, so this one is a fairly recent game that recently got a very hyped re-release. So have you ever played an RPG and like like not even like two hours into it and you immediately had to own the soundtrack?
0: Because oh, it yeah. was that good? Oh my god, yeah.
1: So the most recent game for me where literally like two hours of gameplay I jumped onto eBay and imported the soundtrack <laughs> cuz it was that good. Uh, Persona
0: 5. Yeah, I, I could have seen that coming. Yeah, that that one is just too good. It's so jazzy Which, and
1: it's, it's jazzy but it's also rocky yeah. and like there's like pop air moments and it is one of the most diverse soundtracks I think I've heard in an RPG in years.
0: Oh, there was there was one that I downloaded the other day that was cause I, I I've only played just a well, like, maybe 20 hours of Persona 5, so I haven't probably gotten all the best ones yet, but there's a couple really, really good ones that I would love to... Royal Days, that's a good one. That's that's all I have.
1: (laughs) Beneath the Mask is, like, a classic. Yeah. Uh, The theme when, like, you're in uh, the protagonist's, like, like, little apartment or room that he uh, stays in, like gradually throughout the game it's slowly as you get through the story that song like evolves and gets more and more complex with each and every like chapter which is a really fun like That's touch cool. um, it says a lot too because like I- I've said on a lot of uh, podcasts uh, persona four is my favorite game of all time but five soundtrack is on another level like four soundtrack <laughs> is. is great as well but five soundtrack like pushes like the boundaries of like what a video game honestly it's i don't even like to call it game music because it's literally just
0: music it really is yeah they and it's so it's so hard to believe that that game like like the the music in that game is so diverse when other games are just kind of like i feel like most rpgs just kind of default to like orchestral or like maybe something synthy but that game they were just like no we need so many more trumpets we need trumpets. like one of my The song that
1: actually convinced me I needed to own that soundtrack was uh, the victory music whenever you finish a battle. Oh, that's where, a good Where, like, that, yeah. Weird, yeah. that weird, like, keyboard, like, starts playing and it, like, just starts jamming out. And I'm, yeah, like, dude. I'm like, I need to own this. <laughs> <laughs> I paid $50 to import that thing, too, which was nuts at the time, but it was so worth it.
0: Sometimes after a battle, I'll just leave them perpetual. Like, just leave them running forever just so I can jam out to that. Like, dun, 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 Like, oh man, that's a really, really good one.
1: I love how every song in that game feels like a heist, too. Like, they, they have the heist theme throughout <laughs> that entire thing. Or, like, when they're, like, before you uh, go on a mission, they're, like, chilling in, like, the mall or, like, at the subway station. It just kind of has that, like, kind of, like, chilling music. Like, but they're, like, still plotting their uh, next uh, heist, I guess you could say.
0: I will, I will say that uh, I've, I've played maybe like halfway through 3 and 4 but I never expected 5 to be like like their planning heist, like their actual thieves like I've heard of the whole Phantom Thieves thing but I didn't realize they were actually like Mission Impossible kind of thieves just going covert and going in there
1: <laughs> uh, five, 5 is so good like in terms of gameplay I, I'll still to this day say I think 4 has a better story but 5's gameplay is like it takes the best of like aspects from three and four and just refines everything. That yeah. Like, like so even like from a soundtrack standpoint, like three is like super, like dark and moody. Uh, four is very positive and upbeat, and then five is like a straight up like jazz like band ensemble. It's crazy.
0: I still to this very day have not looked up any, like like I haven't looked up the story on like Wikipedia or anything or like tried to spoil it for myself because I. I want to beat it, but it's so fucking long. Eventually, I'll I'll beat it, but yeah.
1: It it it. I I do I do a yearly playthrough oh of that God. game. It's like a hundred and like thirty
0: hours. I want to say. For just the the story, or is there like other side stuff you can do?
1: Well, that's like doing a full playthrough. <sighs> uh, at Damn. least like a, a full playthrough. I usually do. Uh, I. I think a complete playthrough can be up to like 160 hours, depending on how you uh, how you play. Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, if, if you just kind of rush your way through it and like don't do any of the social links, you can probably do it in maybe under 100.
0: Hmm. That's keep what in I'll mind do. too.
1: <laughs> keep in mind, Golden also added a ton of shit. Fuck.
0: Yeah, I'm never gonna do that. No, I'll try. it. Once it comes to Game Pass, I'll I'll do it. Don't have to bust out the old fat boy PS2 anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, then Golden just is the definitive way to play that game now.
0: Um, speaking of, uh, while we're still on the whole Shin Megami Tensei series, Shin Megami Tensei 4 is one of oh, my. Uh. Yeah, it's one of my forever best like favorite soundtracks ever because f- uh, for for those that don't know for those who have only played persona games shin megami tensei is basically like it's like if survival horror was an rpg almost like um if, uh i forget about the other games but four for sure is like it's this huge mix of like maybe like 80s dark synth and then like real heavy guitars and like mm-hmm. in the whenever you're in a battle whether it whether it's in like just regular battle or even against bosses it's like the battle music really makes you feel like it's like hey you know you're fighting for your life you might wanna you got to use everything you've got in your arsenal bad boy to to take these guys down especially the boss battle theme because it just it absolutely slaps it's Hmm. the the very first boss battle against that minotaur first time i ever played the game against the minotaur and, and he beat my ass like five times in a row that, uh, that that track was just so fucking sweet. And then then there's all the other different tracks that play when you're exploring Tokyo and everything else around there. The world map theme, especially. World map themes are just some of my favorite shit ever. Yeah. And, so, uh, Go ahead.
1: So, <laughs> the Persona series, from 3 onward anyways, the first two are a little... It's more confusing, but, uh... <laughs> The, from three onward, the Persona series has always been composed by uh, primarily a uh, Shoji Meguro, um, who's done pretty much. He's done the majority of the tracks for those three games, and I think he's done a lot of other Atlas work. I was just looking up though to see if he was involved in uh, four. Uh, he actually wasn't. Uh, Shingan Tensei Four was one of the few games that he was not involved in. Instead, oh. the primary, the primary composer for four was a uh, Ryota Kozuka. Who, that's a name I've seen before because I know he's done work on the Persona series
0: yeah that's so I know uh, I know 3 might have had maybe a few songs that were pretty similar to Shin Megami Tensei 4 but yeah 4 and or Persona 4 and Persona 5 are super so jazzy and...
1: Shin Megami Tensei 3 was actually primarily composed by Shoji Megoro believe it or not oh what the fuck Whoa, shit <laughs> That's it. That's interesting, actually. Which is funny because three, ju- three just got a re-release, I believe.
0: Yeah, it did, and it's. I know a lot of people shat on it because it was kind of just a bare bones remaster, but the fact that you can play it on like anything now, including PC, like it's it's pretty great. And, and I don't, that one also has a really really good soundtrack too. Like all the different battle themes, they're all really good. It's a good yeah. One.
1: I mean, it's a PS2 game from, like, the mid-2000s. What are they really going to expect? <laughs> I think okay. it's because five, 5 came out shortly after, and 5
0: looks amazing. Would uh, Persona 5 or Shin Megami Tensei 5? Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 5, that, that's also Really, pretty much any... Well, I haven't played Shin Megami Tensei 1 or 2, but uh, 3, 4, and 5 all have really good soundtrack, as well as... Spin off all well, the other spin-offs and uh, Stranger. Uh, Soul,
1: the... Soul Hackers too.
0: Yeah, I still need to play that one. God damn it! It's my was... game of the year. <laughs> Soul Hacker, hell yeah! Is, uh, do they still? So I know the last Soul Hackers I played was. No, yeah, it was the one on, that was released on 3ds. Do they still use the whole Magnetite bullshit or no? Because I hate that so uh,
1: much. It was. It was similar. It was more. Advanced, like I got a lot of Persona vibes from it.
0: That's good. God damn it!
1: I, I really enjoyed Shult uh, Soul Hackers too, but it's also like a, a modern game as opposed to a like a Saturn game that was ported <laughs> to 3DS.
0: <laughs> the fuck, older I older Shin Megami Tensei games had the whole like magnetite system more like as you walked, your demons would consume Magnetite, and if if you ran out yeah. of that Magnetite bullshit, they would their health would start to decrease, and I hate that. That's why I've never finished Soul Hackers on the 3DS, because I fucking hate that system. Not mm-hmm. not the 3D, I hate the Magnetite system. But, yeah, I yeah. absolutely need to try Soul Hackers, too, because I can't pass up any Shin Megami Tensei anything. Yeah. It's a drug to me. No, that,
1: that was a great game. Um, but anyways, I guess moving on now, so, I kind of went over, like, two of my, like, most acclaimed RPGs. Uh, I, I was thinking I wanted to go a bit, like, more... Something that's not exactly what you'd consider, like, the top tier of RPG soundtracks. But something that I'd still say, like, is arguably, like, probably one of the most, like, iconic. So, the Mario & Luigi series. Yes! <laughs> um, Honestly, oh any of them could... Any of them could be a contender for this, but to me, the I think the pi- uh, pinnacle of sound for the, that series is uh, Bowser's Inside Story.
0: Oh my god, yeah, that's one of my favorites of all time, for sure. especially Bowser's fucking battle theme. That was so freaking hard.
1: Yeah, my, my favorite thing about that game's soundtrack is... So the game has like an entire soundtrack for like the overworld, but then there's also a, a separate version of all those tracks for the inside Bowser segments. So you get, like, kind of these... You get these kind of, like, techno-ish versions for when you're inside Bowser, as opposed to the more traditional, like, uh, poppy versions for when you're outside <laughs> on the overworld. Really, And soy. it's a cool...
0: That's cool. Hmm.
1: Um, and those... That game, along with pretty much every uh, Mario & Luigi series title, was uh, composed by uh, Yoko Shinomura. Yeah,
0: those one. I had, I had no idea, so the, the songs that play when you're inside Bowser, they're the same songs as when you're outside, but just, like, a different different style, basically.
1: Basically a different sound font.
0: That's so awesome. If,
1: so, like, when you're doing, like, a, one of those, like, two-tiered, like, dungeons where you have to move Bowser around, uh, you'll hear the songs from his perspective, and then when you switch to the, the brothers inside, it'll change to the more techno version, so it's kind of <laughs> like, okay, now we're inside Bowser, and we're doing platforming. <laughs>
0: That'd be funny if he was just all muffled because you're inside of him or something.
1: It kind of has an aspect of that, like, in a way. It, uh, that's one of the... Uh, that That is actually, I think, the best Mario RPG ever made.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd agree, too. I uh, Tommy really loves The Thousand Year Door, and I've never beaten a Paper Mario, but, but by God, I have beaten Mario & Luigi's Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story, and yeah, Bowser's Inside Story for sure is is my my favorite Mario and Luigi RPG ever cuz god, they they really amped up how uh, all the different like special like the uh not the the bros moves and mm-hmm. had them, instead of just uh using like just the bros they had all sorts of different little Mario themed items like shells and uh bob bombs and shit I forget, but
1: also about about the best version of Bowser ever in the series. <laughs> What He's such it? a likable character
0: in that game. Yeah, despite being a butthole, he is pretty awesome in that game.
1: My favorite part about that game is the whole reason he gets brought into the uh, the plot is because they're having a meeting in the Mushroom Kingdom about the uh, the virus going around that's making all the toads huge. <laughs> and Bowser's not not even there to start shit. He's just butthurt that they didn't invite him to the meeting. <laughs> Because he's a he's a resident of the kingdom as well, <laughs> like he should be there.
0: <laughs> oh, one of my I always thought. Go on.
1: I just I, I always thought that was a funny like little joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of my favorite Mario and Luigi tracks is the battle theme from Superstar Saga because that one is mm. super duper good.
1: Honestly, like, even Partners in Time, for uh, as flawed a game as that is, it has a bitchin' soundtrack.
0: That, that's the one, like, I, I own the other, the other, what, four? Yeah, four. Like, I, I don't have Partners in Time yet, though. Uh,
1: There's five, I want to there's say now?
0: Five? With, yeah, so, yeah, Superstar Saga Bowser, Partners in Time, Dream Team, and Paper... Dream
1: Team, Paper and, and Paper, Paper, Jam, Jam, Paper Jam. Plus the two yeah. remakes.
0: Which... It's super weird that they decided to, to remake Bowser's Inside Story and not Partners in Time, but yeah, that's that's another one for another time. They were, <laughs> yeah. we're about yeah. halfway through. Do you wanna? Should we take an ad break or do you wanna do you wanna go with another one real quick?
1: I wish we could do an ad break.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it's a quote: Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun, but sometimes men just want to have fun too. After all, all, work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And oh man, did Jack deliver! Come on down to Jack's man cave, only the manliest of men can enter here. The door man will take a quick blood sample from you to measure your testosterone levels and if you fail, you can just get the hell out. Jack's is only the manliest of activities available. Activities such as lifting weights until you're completely paralyzed, rebuilding the entire engine of a Ford pickup truck, building a barn with your bare hands, and whipping an old tire with a rusty chain. While you're there, don't forget to try some of Jack's manliest foods and drinks. You won't find any salads or cosmopolitans there. Nope, Jacks has the best T-bone steaks that you'll find in the country. Your triple cannibal cowboy burger is the best burger you'll ever have in your entire life. With three all-American beef patties, onion rings, a scoop of baked beans, mayonnaise, Louisiana hot sauce, and heaps of cheese curds. You'll never leave Jacks with a wimpy, dampy, empty stomach. No, you won't. And don't forget to wash it down with some testosterone-infused drinks while you you shotgun a six-pack of Korra's Light or just have a tall glass full of straight bourbon whiskey. No ice cubes at all. That'll sure watch your whistle. That's right, it's Jack's Man Cave. No girls allowed. And now we're back. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're, uh... Okay, you had the last one with Mario, that's right, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one I have, I, I really needed to make sure I get one of uh, one game from this series in here because this series needs a lot more love. and Odyssey 4, has it had no right going so hard, but it, especially that main battle theme, it just went so hard. And it's another one of those games where it mixes like this grand orchestra with a little bit of a little bit of heavy guitars, a little bit. uh what is the battle theme called? Gale Force is what it's called, and that one will just. Blow your fucking face right off. It's just hmm. starts off slow, like one of those regular ones, or not like, like one of those usual battle themes that'll start off slow and then just <laughs> shotgun blast your face off. It's so great.
1: So the best part about *Etrian Odyssey*, especially four, is uh, that game was composed by uh, Yuzo Koshiro.
0: Yep, man. The good
1: old streets of rage, like the Sega Genesis legend, Yuzo. Uh Koshiro
0: oh, I didn't know he did streets of rage I well yeah.
1: he did streets of rage he did um oh I he did a him. ton of sh- he did a ton of shit on the Genesis like he was one of those guys that really figured out how the Genesis sound card worked
0: I'm gonna look him up really quick because I know Etrian odyssey was Sega, but well, yeah, that's awesome yeah and yeah the Sega Genesis was a weird one too because it was a lot of the soundtracks had. A lot of twang to them. A lot of the Genesis... Tw- well, is that I don't know if that's the best way to explain it, but...
1: Well, it, so the way i would described the Genesis is you either had, like... Like, the Sonic series, which was, like, the pinnacle of, like... How to properly, like, use that car, sound card. Or you had... Everything sounds like wet parts. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was very... It was very hit or miss, and it very much depended on the composer... Like, some some got it down really well, others not so much. Uh, Yuzo Kishiro was one of the guys, though, that... He was, like, a master of the Genesis sound card.
0: Oh, my God, yeah, he did, yep. And he did the 8-bit version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Holy cow. He did Shenmue 2. And, oh, Shenmue and Shenmue mm-hmm. 2, that's awesome. Way, way to go. Uh, beyond, <laughs>
1: beyond Oasis.
0: And, and he did... Almost one of my other picks, but he did Seventh Dragon, like the whole Seventh Dragon series. I almost picked one of those. Those are also really, really good.
1: Uh, he did a ton of stuff. Like you, you I, I didn't realize he did like the entire Etrian Odyssey series too, which is even cooler. Oh, he worked on Kid Icarus Uprising. That's another one.
0: I'm still dumbfounded by the fact that he did Streets of Rage too, because that was that's a legendary soundtrack.
1: A legendary soundtrack for a legendary game like Streets of Rage 2 still is just as good nowadays as it was back then Uh, the next game I wanted to talk about so this one this was tough because I was trying to like break down like a whole bunch of different games that I've played over the years Uh, but actually going back to the Genesis um, yeah Phantasy Star 4
0: oh that's a good uh, uh, I hate to keep talking about battle themes but that that battle theme that was really really hard for a Genesis song or Genesis
1: game, I mean. You know, the second I knew, like, so, Fantasy Star Four is, without a question, the best RPG on the Genesis. It's one of the best RPGs of that era, yeah. honestly, in a lot of ways. One of the ways I knew from the start that that game that game soundtrack was going to be good the second you start the game up, that opening like, intro was just like, the bass just like, <laughs> blasting out of your speakers I'm like, holy crap,
0: I'm like this this one hits hard. Blasting out of your, out of your like, late 90s CRT, as hard as they could go. That game had
1: such a cinematic look to it too, like it had the like, anime, like, manga style like, yeah. uh, cutscenes that would pop up, and it did like, the, the whole like, uh, killing off a main character, like Killing off a party member like in, uh, way before Seven did
0: it. <laughs> That's, and I, I liked how I liked the, how the the battles looked because, back then, that, Earthbound, you, you didn't ever see your characters. It was just they did their attacks or whatever. But, on that game, it was cool how it was. It was just kind of like you see the characters backs and then you actually like see them, attack and like chopping at the enemies and doing their spells yeah. and shit. Like that was, that that is a really good game.
1: Well. Because at the time, you had, like, two different battle systems. You had either the Final Fantasy style, where, like, it was, like, a side view, or you had the Dragon Quest style, where it was, like, a first-person view, which (laughs) Earthbound directly copied, and Sega kind of was, like, the best of both worlds. They had the... It was the Dragon Quest, like, uh, front view, but it also had elements of the Final Fantasy style, like, side view, which was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I like that. That game oozed... Fantasy Star 4, I mean, oozed a lot of style, because... Yeah, like you mentioned, those little, like, manga panels and the cutscenes, those are so good. All the characters had, like, a real, real, real 90s anime feel to how they, how they looked, like, their little character portraits and everything.
1: Their writing was phenomenal, too, because, like, that game made you really adore that, um, so the game bait and switches you right at the start because it tricks you into thinking that this one character is the main character and then just kills her off halfway through the game and d- you, then gives you the false <laughs> sense of hope that you might be able to get her back, but then goes, nope, she's gone forever. This is the main <laughs> character of the game, and it's like, wow. It's like, Jeez. way to just punch, <laughs> us, punch us in the gut.
0: Dude, while we're on the topic of the Sega Genesis, Contra Hardcore, it definitely deserves a title, like the whole Hardcore, because holy fuck, that very first level is just it's a fucking jawbreaker like just a jawbuster of a track right there that really sets it tone over the whole game for you oh my god yeah. I, have, I couldn't find that song anywhere on YouTube I had to actually like download an actual like mp3 copy of that song from the the game's official soundtrack and everything and oh mm. my god
1: this isn't an RPG but like it's speaking oh of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the, yeah, speaking of the Genesis, <laughs> well, I'm gonna break it right here too. Uh, speaking of the Genesis, one of like the legends of that uh, console was uh, Howard Drossen, who did a bunch of uh, songs for uh, Sonic Three, uh, particularly the end Knuckles half of Sonic Three. But um, one of his probably best like soundtracks he ever did was a uh, Comic Zone.
0: Oh yeah, I always forget about the game. Yeah, that had a really slapping one-two comic zone.
1: It sounds like a '90s <laughs> grunge album. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: Man, I I'm, I'm still I was hoping that by the time you finished that, I would have picked my last one, but I'm still kind of struggling. I'm, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna say the whole Bravely Default series. Mm. They all have such such good. Is another one of those ones where it's like a mixture of. Mixture of the orchestra and really hard guitar or heavy guitars and oh, if I had to pick one, I guess I'd say the very first game. Yeah, the uh,
1: Revo, yeah. I think his name was uh, composed it. Yeah, of... Revo. Marty, Marty Friedman played guitar in that too, which is funny.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, wait, Ma-
1: uh, from uh oh, mega I... from Megadeth, Mart- I guess Marty Friedman did some oh, guitar work God. in that game.
0: Dude, I bet because the uh... what is it the tracks for when you're Fighting, uh, when you're in those, like, elemental, like, crystal temples and you're fighting the bosses there, those guitars just, they're, they're not holding back anything at all. They're Mm. going fucking nuts. I can't even think of the name of that track anymore. With Uh, a lot of those, a lot of the tracks in that game, especially, like, the different battle, like, the final battle against Aerie, yeah, that one, Mm. that one's got some pretty crazy guitars, too.
1: Not briefly to fault, it's sad because I think Bravely Default uh, a se- a Bravely Second and Bravely Default 2 I think are better games inherently. Oh, yeah. But the first one just had such a great feel to it.
0: It did. It, it What's weird about that game is when I first got it I thought it was just going to be like a, a more modern Final Fantasy 1 basically where you, you just make your character. They're just nameless, faceless characters that you just make and throw into the world. I thought that was going to be it but they're actually like And probably default. They're actually well-developed characters with their own Mm. personalities and their own like mannerisms and um. Oh, what's her name? The princess chick. I uh,
1: forgot. Not Anya, right? The uh, other one. I want to say Adia, but that doesn't sound right.
0: No, I think that is. I think it is Adia. I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, it is Adia. Okay.
0: Her, uh, her especially. She starts off. Real, real snotty, like real snotty. But then, you learn that she, like through all those little um, tale like tales of-esque little like side story. Oh, uh, I love, that I do. love
1: games that add stuff like that.
0: Yeah, you learn a lot about her. Like she really, really loves food, and she, uh, man, they're, they're all such great characters. And those those games are. If if the listeners, if you haven't played Bradley Default, any of them. I suggest that you do well, maybe not the first game because it gets really repetitive well, there toward the end. But you kind of
1: have to play the first game to play bravely. Second though, which I think is yeah. But bravely default two, it didn't get it didn't get nearly the praise the first one got. But bravely default two was phenomenal.
0: It was it was so good that one. The the that's another thing too. The the jobs in bravely default two are a lot more refined and fluid than they were because the first game. I feel like a lot of the skills that different jobs learned were just worthless, because there was a lot where I'd be like, here's, I forget what the names were, there were, like, skills that give you different weapons, but at like, S-level or something, or, like, skills that you wouldn't ever use, but Bravely Default, too, really streamlined that shit, so, like, every skill that you learned was inherently useful, and it's mm. great. Yeah, Bravely Default, I, I always
1: felt like was kind of like, it was like Square Square uh, Squeenix is a uh, love love letter to uh, fans of the classic Final Fantasy series.
0: Like, yeah, they're, absolutely. They're, it was
1: is. like to all these people who missed these early ga- missed the old style Final Fantasy, it's Like, here is a
0: game for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it had lots of twists too. I I'm still stuck on toward the end of Bravely Default two, but Bravely uh, Bravely Default and Bravely Second had some pretty cool twists in them. Hmm.
1: Nah, it's such a likable cast of characters, too, which is really important for an RPG, especially an older-style one.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. All right, man, bring us out with a bang. What you, do you have a last one?
1: So my last one is... So we had kind of mentioned it previously with the Bravely Default, but uh, one of my other favorite games of all time is uh, Tales of the Abyss, and Tales of the Abyss has yeah. a phenomenal soundtrack as well. Tales of the Abyss is composed by... Um, a pretty well-known composer in the RPG scene, because he's done a ton of games. Uh, Matoi Sakuror. Uh, he's, he's done pretty much all the Tales series. He's done the Star Ocean series. Uh, his, his resume is huge. He actually played keyboards on Bravely Default, <laughs> believe it or not.
0: Oh, really? That's cool.
1: Uh, so he's a very also kind of a polarizing figure, though, because a lot of people think his music is kind of bland and generic, because uh, he just does so many projects. I think he also did like Valkyrie Profile and all those games.
0: I'm looking him up right now. Holy shit!
1: Yeah, he's he's done a lot of of games.
0: Oh my god, he did Shining Force three. Yep. Damn. Oh, I did. I did Golden Sun. Oh my god, yes. That was also one of my also almost Mm -hmm. of my picks too. Uh, Tales of the
1: Abyss soundtrack though is phenomenal. Uh, There's so many different styles. Like there's like industrial aspects. There's like rockin' songs some classical like songs like one of my favorite um favorite songs in the game is uh there's a city that's like it's like a city by the water um and the song sounds like the, it's like this like beach beach sounding song kind of like the costa del sol yes. from uh, seven but it, it just it's like it's got such a bop like kind of beat to it and it like i i would just hang out in that city just roam around aimlessly for like hours just <laughs> listening to that song because it's so freaking catchy
0: Oh man, this is probably off topic, but would you mentioned the whole beach thing, oh, what is it from Final Fantasy X? Beside Beach, I think that one is so, so, so freaking serene. Doesn't even begin to describe it because it's just so peaceful. I, uh, listeners, l- look up the song from Beside Beach from Final Fantasy X. You won't regret it. That's that's a song you could do yoga to. That's a song you could. This a song you could you could send many a work email out to. Just put it on repeat, and you'll never feel stressed a day in your life.
1: No, that, that that one's a classic. Uh, the battle themes are fun. Uh, it does one of my favorite th- things where, like, the uh, the main theme of, of the game gets, uh, like, to me, like, one of my favorite RPG, like, soundtrack cues is when there's a main theme, and then that main theme is reprised multiple times throughout the game at different points, and uh, one yeah. of my favorites in Tales of the Abyss is, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it because it's a very key plot point, but there's a... A certain battle that takes place right at the end—that's a very climactic, like, it's not the final boss, but it's it's one of the final, like, kind of like fights that happens during the game, and the the theme that plays is like this, like epic, like slow rendition of the game's main theme, and it's just such a it's such a callback. So you're like, hey, I remember that.
0: That's awesome. One thing I'd like to point out about video game soundtracks is that I really dislike when they're all, when all songs are like the same style, because I, I can't think of any names off the top of my head, but there's quite a few I've played where it's just all orchestral all the way through or something, but I like when they really mix it up.
1: A lot of modern RPGs I've noticed have done that, and it's very disheartening at times, because you're like, it makes it so hard to like, stay like on track with a game.
0: Yeah, a, a good soundtrack could make even the dullest game. And this this is a point to Bomberman Hero, which is not an RPG. It's just Bomberman Hero is an alright game, but the soundtrack really makes up for it because it's just, it's popping. But yeah, a good soundtrack can make any game stand out.
1: It's, it's why the Sonic series is so memorable.
0: Yeah, oh my god. And yeah, we talked about this in the other chat too. Sonic Adventure soundtrack, holy shit. Like it's so ironic
1: know? that Sonic's one RPG is like the one of his the worst soundtracks he's <laughs> ever had.
0: Was that the one on the DS? Yeah, oh, and the, DS.
1: The, the soundtrack is horrendous. <laughs> it's like the RPG is the one Sonic game where they dropped the ball on the soundtrack. It was like really. <laughs> uh.
0: It is weird that that one was a BioWare game of of all of all or, um, of all devs too. It was just. <laughs> a... It was Bioware. a
1: Bioware game, but what you didn't realize is that Bioware just handed it off to their C team, and we like, "Ah, eh, make it work." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Sonic, and it's turn-based. Do it. Game had some good dialogue, I'll give it that,
1: but everything else was uh, the 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 battle system was literally Elite Beat Agents.
0: Really, like
1: to do actions, you had to like touch the screen at various points and like uh, drag the stylus around. It was really
0: uh... not a
1: bad idea, but when you screw up because it was very sensitive and you screwed up just a bit. up oh, there goes your healing move.
0: I've always been curious, like I know that game exists and it's been on my wish list for a while, but now I kind of don't want it. <laughs> Especially since it's like 80 bucks now. Kinda, now I don't want it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't, it, and if you get it for <laughs> cheap I'd I'd recommend giving it a shot just because it's fascinating, but uh, yeah, it's not worth what they want for it nowadays. Oh. It also ends on a cliffhanger. but <laughs> That's never going to get resolved. <laughs> Um, Eggman one.
0: <laughs> that's that's just how it ends, Eggman one.
1: Did you have one more or did you want to do some like honorable mentions or
0: Yeah, we can do some honorable mentions. Go ahead with, with any of yours. I I still gotta look a couple up really, really fast.
1: So uh one a key one that uh I wanted to mention but like it's a bit overpicked, I think nowadays, but uh, earthbound soundtrack. There's literally a Be- there's like a Beatles like
0: Oh, that's absolutely yeah.
1: sampling. There's like Monty Python samples in that soundtrack.
0: I forget which town it is. I think it's uh side the the track for that town is I know listeners can't see it or hear it but I'm doing the whole like okay thing with my fingers because it's so good the battle with the all, all the battle themes are called battle mm. with a something but there's one where like you when you battle a machine I think it's battle against a mechanical opponent or something but it's it's got a l-
1: oh is it like is it like the one that's like Johnny B Good Johnny C Good or something Johnny B Good or whatever? I mean, it's got a
0: lot of bass it's like boom, boom,
1: boom. I think I know the one you're talking about. There's a ton of them. To me, the one track in that game that always sticks to my mind is the character naming screen, where it's like that, like the first freaking script, the first one of the first sounds you freaking hear in that game, and it's like do
0: do 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 dude.
1: And then it gets to that funky like bass jam song, where it's like do 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 do, like it's like this this is way more catchy than it needs to be.
0: Third one the third town is just called Threed. Threed. I think yeah, That's it's a really it's good
1: one. O- uh, Onnette, Tucson, Threed, and Foreside.
0: Yep, Foreside. The Runaway Guys,
1: the uh the Blues Brothers parody, they their songs are great too. <laughs>
0: You know, I can't believe this wasn't one of my picks, but I, this is gonna have to be an honorable mention, I guess. But the Xenoblade series also goes really, really hard. Oh,
1: and if you're if you're gonna talk about Xenoblade, because that because that composer, oh, maybe not Xenoblade. Uh, I was, I'm thinking Xenogears.
0: Xenogears was also a good one. I, I should bring that one up too. The uh, I was gonna say like a, the...
1: a soundtrack that we can't not talk about is Chrono Trigger. Uh, Rick Rick Astley's in that game. Really? What? Uh, you, you ever heard the Ro- you ever heard Robo's theme? It sounds like uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" by uh, Rick Astley. <laughs> It's like one of the funniest things ever, because everyone's like, yeah, I wonder if that was intentional or just a really funny coincidence. Yeah, Chrono Trigger was special. Like, probably like the pinnacle of, like, SNES, like, sound.
0: Oh, hell yeah, it was. Oh, what's another? I just had another SNES one on my brain. Secret of Mana, maybe?
1: Yes, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, that one. Uh, There was one one track called, like, Mystic Metal or Metal Force... I forget. I don't know. All the tracks on Secret of Mana are really good, especially the the Winter Town.
1: Another uh, SNES title, though, that's pretty interesting, is a uh, Secret of Evermore. Mm-hmm. That was, believe it or not, like the first composition by Jeremy Soule.
0: Who? Uh, what else does he do?
1: Elder Scrolls.
0: <laughs> 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 the, the yeah. Really, holy shit! Okay.
1: He he did a uh, Skyrim, Oblivion, and I think maybe Morrowind.
0: Holy shit! Okay, I never would have. I never would have thought that he'd go from SNES to the. Oh, what what is what is the well, main song for Skyward's like but but no that's Pirates of the Caribbean I'm thinking about God damn it. Uh, the the
1: Dragonborn yeah. song. Well, it's funny because he went from he did Secret of Evermore on the SNES and then he did like humongous entertainment games, <laughs> and then he then he did Harry Potter games and now he's. Uh, Harry Elder Scrolls. <laughs> oh.
0: I'm really mad at myself for not bringing up The World Ends With You. I don't know how I forgot about that.
1: A lot of Square Enix games around.
0: That's, yeah. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy Persona soundtracks, you're going to love The World Ends With You. It's so hip-hoppy and synthy and Mm. so great.
1: I was listening to it today, but uh, uh, the the old-school Pokemon soundtracks, too. Oh, yeah. I was still saying to this day, Red's theme from Gold and Silver is like the Best final boss theme, like in
0: Pokemon, ever. I really like the town themes from Gold and Silver. Uh, the Game Boy Advance was
1: an underrated like, console for soundtracks.
0: It really, yeah. Ruby and Sapphire, that's for sure. Had some really like Slateport City, where it's like yep. that was big for a GBA game. It's so hard to believe that it had such grand tracks like that.
1: You know, everybody like always dumps on it for like too much surfing, but the surfing theme is freaking epic in that game. It's the one that's kind of like... It's like... Oh, yeah!
0: I know exactly what you're talking about now. I mean, Grant...
1: Now it's forever in my head. I mean, granted, though, the song... Technically, the song goes... In a battle every five seconds, but... You have to like sit there and let it play just for a minute. Yeah,
0: <laughs> to really? In like five seconds, or one into a, a magic or some goddamn shit. A wingle, oh my god! Enough with the wingles. A wingle or a
1: tentacruel, <laughs> the the Zubats oh. of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of another one that like would be a good like honorable mention because I'm trying to think back to like eight bit era, but there isn't a lot of eight bit RPGs that really come to mind.
0: The only ones. I mean, other than Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I mean can't say I've played a whole lot of 8-bit art, like like RPGs on like the NES or like I haven't ever played the Master System so don't even don't even bring that guy up but the only RPGs that come to mind for the NES would be like Final Fantasy and I think that's about it.
1: Dragon Quest or Dragon oh, Warrior Yeah Dragon Warrior. But when I think Dragon Quest I think like the later games particularly like the DS ones. Actually, that's another game. Dragon Quest IV has a phenomenal
0: soundtrack as well. Yeah, it does. I don't know if this counts as a JRPG. Uh, Well, Omori has a really good soundtrack, but I don't, I don't know if that one counts. If if you haven't played Omori, Bill, I I highly recommend that you do because that's a really good game with a really, with a really bumping soundtrack too. It's all over the goddamn place.
1: I could honestly just sit there and listen to like (laughs) RPG music for days.
0: I know, I've downloaded so many good fucking songs over the years, and I I can honestly just talk about JRPG soundtracks until the end of time itself, but fuck, I'm already out of of different ones. Without looking at my phone, I'm I'm out of ideas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm out of ones to really, like, come to my... uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, I guess, that was really good, I enjoyed that game. Oh my
0: god, yes, that battle theme. Man, that one really hits you. Oh my god.
1: I I keep I keep forgetting that's an RPG. I'm like, all oh, right, <laughs> RPG.
0: That's a great one. Oh, um, Golden Sun. I mm-hmm. I don't recall any of the town themes or anything, but I know that on the first game, the battle theme is really really good.
1: I'd I'd be stretching because I could be like, well, there's like this weird obscure RPG I played on the Game Gear from like 30 <laughs> years ago or something before i was born, you know. <laughs>
0: Not everybody that's it. Those are all the best soundtracks. Don't even try to message us or add us with any other great soundtracks, but actually yeah, go ahead and do it cuz we love to know what your favorite JRPG soundtracks are or just individual tracks honestly cuz there's a lot of a lot of games i couldn't name the entire soundtrack by, I just know like select songs and everything, but
1: i could do an entire podcast on Persona 5 or like Final Fantasy 8 soundtracks, so.
0: Oh, yeah, like a like a music appreciation thing just sitting there vibing with uh, with like the coffee shop song from Persona 5 that one is
1: yeah. Well, actually uh, <laughs> just a quick shout out uh, uh, the, our buddies over at uh, Gaming Together have a series called uh, Listening Together and they actually did an episode on Final Fantasy 8 soundtrack that I guessed it oh. on so.
0: god damn that would be a good one I'd... Final Fantasy 8 needs more love go love Final Fantasy 8 everybody but uh, yeah Bill where can everybody find you
1: um, so I have two primary podcasts that um, you can follow me at. There's obviously Gaming Collecting is my primary. Uh, that's on all the major podcasting platforms, uh, particularly Apple, Spotify. Uh, you can find it easily at uh, Linktree, uh, or I think it's just Linktree slash uh, The Barber Games. And then uh, my second podcast is, it's a, a bit more of a part-time one. It's on hiatus at the moment, but uh, uh, The 3 d Experience, which is a th- retrospective podcast talking about the <laughs> Panasonic 3DO uh, the console itself, and the country, the country, yeah, the, the company <laughs> behind it, um, yeah, and that's pretty much where you can find me.
0: As for Superpod Saga, yeah, you, if you follow us anywhere, you can find us. You can find us in our link tree. that's in almost all of our bios, except TikTok because TikTok doesn't allow you to put anything in your bio because TikTok's weird. Um, but yeah, we're on yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. All of our episodes are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If we're not on one po- on one platform that you listen to your stuff on tell us and we'll get it on there but uh, but otherwise that's it for us and uh, thank you for listening and uh, goodbye have a good one guys